actually the third podcast that I recorded Wednesday. I was so, right now as I'm doing the intro on Wednesday, you're getting this Thursday. I am so talked out, but I can do it because it was a, a good dental visit. And um, it's always a pat on the back when you go to the dentist. And this was not a checkup. Something was bothering me. A beautiful day as I'm recording this. A beautiful day now as you're listening to this. Um, and a fantastic visit with some people who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in brief, both on the air and the podcast. Please give the show a listen um, if you like pop music. Some fun throwbacks every now and then. Q105 weekday afternoons 3 to 7, 11 to 2 Saturdays, 12 to 4 Sundays, and we're adding some things. I'm adding some things. EricChaseBlog.wordpress.com. Um, I I collect uh, a lot of news links that you might not have the time to see, and uh, you can just read a sentence of the story that I think I convey pretty well, and go, yeah, I'll read this. And it's like eight or nine links each day by lunchtime, and I'm working on adding to beyond the 419 some other things that I enjoy reading that you might as well. Could be a Marvel thing, could be a 3,000-word think piece about why maybe we shouldn't preserve endangered species. That was that link was the other day. Um, we need to preserve people. I had a wonderful discussion um, about where I was a couple weeks ago. Again, I might have mentioned it here. Uh, the UT student-run community care clinic that happens every Thursday night. So I visited uh, mostly with Addison, but also with Sydney. They have visited the studio now. We traded visits, and uh, it's free. And I ask you, you know, me and healthcare and costs are passion points. And we discuss a lot of that in this interview. Um, information that you may not need, or maybe you do, but you can probably definitely pass this along to others that you know. Addison and Sydney, a couple of great UT students. It's been a UT week kind of here, a uh, UT kind of week here with uh, a lot on the podcast the other day. UT Community Care Clinic at Cedar Creek, Addison, and Sydney. Thank you for coming and visiting. Um, I know it was uh, quite a long trip from around the corner. Um, <laughs> but the ladies are here today to talk about something that I had read about in the Blade a couple weeks ago. And Addison, you told me um, that you got a lot of interest after that. Um, again, the student-run clinic over at Cedar Creek on Burn, something you guys do on Thursday nights, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the, tell me about the feedback, some of the interest you got, other than like weird radio podcast people <laughs> asking you questions about this place. Um, we've gotten quite a lot of feedback from local organizations that you know would like to help our patients. We're in contact right now with an addiction treatment center. We got an email today about this organization, organization that helps senior citizens find resources in the community. Um, what are some other opportunities that we've received? Um, I think the Cancer Center connection also came out of the Blade, and then, I mean, just generally, like, patients hearing about us, more providers hearing about us, so wanting to volunteer, and then, I mean, I just read through our Facebook comments, you know, other people are just saying, you know, this is exactly what a nonprofit should be, like, you guys are doing it to a T, so that's also just been good feedback. Who is kind of like the, uh... It's a good way to describe the Godfather. Uh, who's the doctor you mentioned to me, Addison? <laughs> it's Doctor Richard Pett. He's yeah. the chief medical officer. Okay, <laughs> I threw his name around to some of my friends. One of them at the health department, and, and they they know him and speak highly of him. Not that I thought anything different. <laughs> I'd like to meet him sometime because the operation that I guess 
grandfathered, godfathered, created, um, has been, it, it's quite an operation. Like I was really impressed with everybody over there, the facility, um, just the perfect, not that I expected a bunch of like college kids <laughs> drinking and boozing and doing blood pressure. It was just an impeccable facility. Like one of the things that kind of struck me and we'll, we'll start maybe in the middle and we'll work backwards. Like you guys have a fully functioning pharmacy over there. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that and, and how that was important to be a part of all of this. I think it's definitely important because we can offer free healthcare all day, free healthcare checks, but a lot of these diseases need to be managed with medications. Things like hypertension and diabetes, you know, diet and exercise are very important, but can only go so far, especially as these diseases progress. And it's really important that patients be able to actually receive the medications that we prescribe for them and actually be able to get a hold of these things that will help them. So we provide the medications free to them. Mm-hmm. Can you do like 90 day scripts or is it, are you limited? For a patient's first visit, we will often do 30 days just so we can recheck. But for established patients, we'll do 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, did I tell you, I'm wondering if I spoke to the fire chief before or after, did I tell you my fire chief story? I don't believe so. Okay, so uh, you would remember this, but I'll, I'll, I'll suss it out now. <laughs> so I think it was that, that Friday I spoke to the new fire chief, uh, Allison Armstrong, and everybody thinks fire chief, run into burning buildings, where the majority of what the Toledo Fire and Rescue Department does is things that aren't fire-related. And I asked her, I was like, define who and what should be calling you for when, so... Um, obviously, they serve the community, but the community can serve our emergency services better as well. Mm-hmm. And she said the number one thing or one of the things that takes up a lot of their time and a lot of their calls is a thousand percent preventable. Now, they need some help, but things like that, um, people of all ages not being able to access their medication and either calling emergency services to get them or an issue resulting from not having taken their medication. Mm-hmm. Seems like you guys right. can fill that gap really well. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. That's definitely uh, something we could do. <laughs> what's and I will connect you. I will. Uh, so I didn't tell you that story, right? Mm-hmm. You did not. Okay, then I will tell the fire chief that to pass you guys along <laughs> over. Um, how did both of you get involved with? Is there a specific name, or are we just calling the UT Student Run Clinic? We're the Community Care Clinic. Community Care yeah. Clinic. Mm-hmm. And what are the hours again? We'll do the basics. So our main clinic, which operates every Thursday evening, the doors are open from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., and we will see anyone that walks in throughout that time frame. Anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Give me the array or maybe breakdown, not saying that you want to dissuade anybody from coming, but maybe it will encourage someone who has been thinking about getting something taken care of for whatever reason, they, they can't go to urgent care, they won't go to urgent care, but now that they know about something like this, they can come get it addressed. What are some of the more popular things that people come in with that you're more than happy to help them with? We definitely mainly do a lot of chronic disease management for people that you know don't have insurance and can't regularly visit a doctor. We don't see a lot of emergent cases. We've gotten a few, like um, some tooth pain, tooth infections, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we had a guy with like a broken finger the other week too, so we were able to get him referred to get some x-rays. Um, yeah. Whatever they come in with, we'll try to see them um, usually, <laughs> or Dr. Pat will work his magic and hopefully have a partner in the community That's that can he help out. He's a yeah. sorcerer. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so you bring up an interesting point, um, and I know, and I and we talked about this briefly last week. I'm fortunate not fortunate to have insurance. Um, it's even 
wildly enough, somewhat affordable. And mm-hmm. my high deductible plan isn't even that high. Mm-hmm. Um, what about people uh, who might go, okay, I, I can come in there. I hear what you, got, what you letters are saying. But what happens if I have to go get a test or an x-ray or, you know, an MRI? And then they say, you know what? I can't afford that. They're probably not doing that there. But you guys can set them up with some other places, right? Right. We have an agreement with McLaren St. Luke's and we will refer patients um, outside to their diagnostic lab or imaging. And that is on a sliding fee scale. We sit down with the patient and mm-hmm. Sydney and I help them fill out the financial aid application. Mm-hmm. And they're billed based on you know, what their income is mm-hmm. on a sliding scale. Yeah, so we'll fill that out with them, and then we kind of can show them the income breakdowns as well. I think the big thing that we tell everyone is, like, if anything happens inside Cedar Creek, like those services, your prescriptions that you get from our pharmacy, you seeing a provider, all of that, all of that is free because that's stuff that we can control. We, like, leverage outside resources, so then, like, that's when it comes to a sliding scale, but most patients have it, like, pretty reduced, if not free. Um, Addison, I think you know, Sydney, you were doing your job last week. Uh, (laughs) I was talking Addison's ear off. Like, all this stuff fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I, I, in my early 30s, I had... uh, unaddressed mental health issues. I knew I had them. I just couldn't find the elixir and they caused me a lot of issues and I hated dealing with billing mistakes, the cost, the constant runaround and not getting answers. So I've, I I had to unfortunately go through that at, at far too young an age. Um, and just the cost of healthcare has always utterly fascinated me. And I don't mean to, to play any kind of politics with this, but let me throw out an example that I didn't hit you with last week let's say somebody somebody like me who has insurance but they live paycheck to paycheck and it's uh the electricity the gas bill uh, gas Mm -hmm. has been expensive Mm -hmm. and i can't i can't or won't i can't afford to pay my copay to go go to urgent care Mm -hmm. i have insurance but i can somebody like that come in yeah definitely definitely so that's what's called underinsured in our population. As I told Addison, that's all of us. Yeah, it is, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, And I actually had a patient a few weeks ago who had, you know, just recently received insurance. And I was like, if you guys ever have a tough month where you just feel like you're not making ends meet, like you're just able to get food on the table and you're able to like pay your bills, like come back to us as a patient that we had seen for a fairly long amount of time, so we were familiar with their case. So I was just kind of letting her know, you know, like, I'm so happy you guys have insurance now, but we're always here for you if you need to come back. Another gap or quirky example, um, and I'm sure this caused people some pause before the pandemic. I know it's something I thought about. Um, You want to take a new job. Where you're working now just, like, destroys your existence but one of the things when you take a new job is they often will give you health insurance for like six months. Mm-hmm. So you're on medication. You need to see a doctor regularly. You can't afford it out of pocket. So you just stick it out at the job that eats your soul. You guys could be a gap for that too as well, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will take anyone. We do not ask about current insurance Good. status. It, it doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will help anyone. I think I did ask you last week. Walk me through uh, what it's like my, my first time in there and... Yeah, we'll start with that question, then I'll come to another one. What's it like to just walk in? And a lot of people, I would guess you guys probably see their faces. They're, they might be a little bit overwhelmed, unless there's like a real emergency case. But they might be frightened or concerned, like UT students, it's free. 
am I going to get sold a timeshare in Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is a lot and it is very busy. So as a patient, um, when you first walk up to our doors, you'll be COVID screened, asked about if you have any symptoms, any prior exposures. And important to note is that if you do have symptoms, we will still see you. There's just a different pathway we send you through to not you know, expose mm-hmm. the writing room. And then you'll go into our registration, and they'll set up your account with on our electronic medical record. And then you will be triaged, which is where they ask kind of your chief complaint why you're here today. And they do a vitals check, look for anything that you know really stands out, like a very high blood pressure, anything like that. And then you are seen by a team of medical students, and this is led by at least one clinical student and then several preclinical students mm-hmm. and they interview you and then they go and talk to the, the physician or mm-hmm. the other provider and they kind of come up with a plan together and then the provider comes back in and talks to you again and will make any final decisions about your care. Mm-hmm. So if there is anybody that might be concerned, I know you explained this to me, um, it is not kids who are 12 hours away <laughs> from drinking at a frat party or whatever. They're, they're making the final decision. There is a... Mm-hmm. What do we call it? Licensed physician, doctor, yep. who makes the last call? Yep. Yeah, last call is absolutely always made by an MD, mm-hmm. a DO, or a nurse practitioner. Okay. Yep. Um, the other question I wanted to get to, back to the financial aspect of this, which again, we all know keeps so much people from mm-hmm. from, uh, from getting help, and then those problems spiral into, into big issues. Um, do you guys, uh, you help people with Medicaid? Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Get them lined up so that... Um, uh, they can make the application, mm-hmm. and so they can let someone else take their place instead of coming to see you guys at, at an actual doctor's office. Yeah, so at our Thursday night clinic, we have a rep from Aetna as well as from Toledo Lucas County CareNet, which is another nonprofit in the area who is a group of community health workers that work on getting people connected with Medicare or Medicaid or some sort of insurance. So they will come every Thursday. Um, And they're right off the waiting room. So then as they're waiting, like patients are waiting to see a provider, they're able to go and talk about insurance there. Awesome. Um, So, yeah, we know they know way more about insurance and enrolling than we do. So we just leave it to them. And that's been a partnership that's been there for a while. Um, Some more specific treatment questions, which, again, is, is a part of this amazing facility. You do vision checks, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do vision Tell- screening through Prevent Blindness, Prevent Blindness Ohio. Tell- mm-hmm. How comprehensive is that? So you do an initial vision screening check, um, which everyone who does those vision screening checks has to be certified and trained by for Prevent Blindness Ohio. Um, and then there's a certain criteria where if your vision is to a certain extent, like bad enough, then you end up getting a voucher. The voucher is to go to a partner... Um, optometrist or ophthalmologist to get a more comprehensive vision screening. So, like, the vision screening we would get if we went to the eye doctor would be at a that referral. A or B. A yeah. or B. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell. That. Like, A and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's a pretty, like, uh, uh, rudimentary screening, but you can get someone to, to mm-hmm. another doctor yeah. if there's something more serious mm-hmm. going on or, like, you need, like, I used to have Coke bottle glasses. So Yeah. yeah. So, they'll get a voucher to go see that provider and then it also covers basic glasses so unfortunately we can't cover contacts or anything like that but it will get them a pair of frames so that they can see again you know prevent blindness ohio's big thing is 50 percent of blindness is preventable so that is their entire mission of catching those things before it becomes a problem i thought of another question before i come back to the (laughs) specific things how about any kind of do you have any transportation partners we do. We currently work with um, Black and White Cab Great. as well. 
Yeah, they're mm-hmm. good, a great community partner and good for them because um, I know the Uber and Lyft don't work all that reliably around here. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and Black and White has really filled that spot. And, and have I know they've reached out to radio stations and media places where I've been, and they're a great community partner. All right, back to the specific questions. <laughs> you have a specific women's health area as well, mm-hmm. right? Yes, we do. That is the second and fourth Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Second, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what types of treatment uh, questions can be answered or managed there? Obviously not my background. <laughs> yeah, um, we will, you know, try to answer any question, and if mm-hmm. if we can't help you with it, we can refer patients to someone who would be able to help. Mm-hmm. They do basic well woman exams. We can do Pap smears. We can do STI testing, um, pregnancy testing as well. Mm-hmm. And then we also just merged the women's clinic with our. So now it's women's and reproductive health clinic. So we also offer on the second and fourth Thursdays of every month free anonymous HIV testing, as well as just counseling on STI testing and the importance of getting that coverage. Um, So we have a a partner from UTMC that comes in to do that testing as well. Great. Um, I know one of the first questions I asked you, Addison, a couple couple weeks ago was, uh, what about something that is has been an epidemic within the pandemic, uh, even before the pandemic, uh, overdoses and, and opioids. Um, and I think you just said, we do Narcan, right? Yes, we you, do. You don't deal with many overdose uh, people, right? But you're, you're able to provide Narcan for people who may or may, may need it for themselves or others? Right, yeah. We don't really see many patients in active overdose, but we uh, were certified to train individuals mm-hmm. to use Narcan. So we have the Narcan kit that we give out and we train them how to use it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's about it. Did I miss anything? I, I know it's like rapid fire stuff. Did I miss anything? Anything else you ladies would like to share about this wonderful operation? So we actually have technically three other clinics also awesome. under community care clinics. So if we could talk about those please, as well, please. it would be great. So on Monday, every Monday night, we have our Labra clinic, which historically has been a clinic targeting um, individuals who are experiencing homelessness or people it's in the downtown Toledo area. So we go to two different sites. The first site is at Queen of Apostles School. Um, and then the second site, Helping, I, hands. Helping Hands Church. Church. Yeah, okay. Um, and so we pack our vans up and we go to those sites. The only reason we cancel is if it's a level three snow emergency. So we're out there year round every Great. single Monday. Where are these yeah. places again? Like, can you use uh, like street locations? Um, or, so, Queen well, of Apostles is on, I think 325 Cortland. 235. 235 yeah. Cortland. Are these both downtown? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Two different spots. Um, and you just get a lot of patients who live in that neighborhood are yeah. able to just walk over um, and so we're able to diagnose a lot of things there. And then if it's something ser- more serious that we need to take a better look at, sometimes we'll refer out to our main clinic. So we'll be like, Hey, you know, we need to check on this. Is there any way you can get to our clinic on Thursday? And we'll arrange that as well. Not that I think everybody listening to the podcast is able to access this stuff, but not everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll throw some stuff out there. Like, uh, social links to people, people can follow websites, things mm-hmm. like that. Where can they go? Yeah, our website is yeah, utcommunitycare.org, and we also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Want to say anything really nice about Dr. Pat, the sorcerer? <laughs> 
I say Dr. Pat is a fantastic individual. Mm-hmm. He would give you the shirt off of his back. He yeah. absolutely just loves to help everyone that he can. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I, I, like I said, I asked around about him and just nothing but praise. And I'm glad to see that this is here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Cedar Creek is such a great partner in these other places mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's amazing. Like we keep people healthy, both mind and body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, a lot more productive of a world. So thank you, ladies, for being a part of this. Uh, the last question, personally speaking, uh, Sydney, what do you want to be like when you, I, I say this to everybody, I don't care if you're like 104, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, where is this on your path to? So my long-term goal would be to open up a comprehensive women's and reproductive health center. So I'm interested in obstetrics and gynecology as the specialty. Um, so like people of all backgrounds, genders, zip codes, ethnicities, everything, just being kind of like clinic we are now, that one-stop shop where you're able to get everything you could possibly need. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm going. Addison? (laughs) I really love emergency medicine. I worked as an EMT in college and I would love to work as a medical director for an EMS service. Excellent. Oh, one last question about money. How the heck does all this get funded? (laughs) Like, does Dr. Pat just write the check because he's like Scrooge with Duck and the money ball? I mean, it, it, it is an important question from mm-hmm. the aspect of could this go away at any time? And like, I know it's got UT's name behind it, and mm-hmm. that's an immense resource. Uh, it's an expensive world these days. So, how does it get funded? Do you want, I can take this one. So, actually, conveniently enough, we're in our month of giving right now through the month of Look March. At- Um, Awesome. So we rely heavily on donations and grants. That's pretty much how we run our entire operation. Um, But yeah, like donations from community partners, donations from like a lot of our volunteer providers are able to donate money. Um, And we can actually give you the link for that as well. It's an active fundraiser. Um, I can email it to you after this. Oh, okay. But our goal is to raise $5,000 by the end of this month. Um, Obviously, if we did more than that, that'd be great. But I mean, our budget is so small compared to the services we provide. Sure. Our budget was like $57,000 last year, and we provided over $4 million worth of care. So that's like every dollar donated is $80 worth of care. Wow. $5,000. That's some people's deductible, and that's yeah. what we're asking for. <laughs> yeah, but it really it makes an impact for us. Incredible stuff. Thanks for doing all this. Um, and I can't spread the word enough because I, I'm not necessarily like a – I don't want to get into the – the thorniness of like universal health care, mm-hmm. but I, I sure as hell want all of our health care costs to be down. Mm-hmm. And politically speaking, I don't like that our health as human beings is commoditized. So I love things like this. I mean, no one should ever, I don't care if you are someone who lives paycheck to paycheck, someone who doesn't have a paycheck, someone who has a decent paycheck, you should never feel like you can't go get medical help mm-hmm. of any kind because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I want to make that decision when it comes to, okay, we're not going to Chop House tonight. We're going to go to the Dirty Bird. <laughs> like That I'm fine with because the medical care is all the same quality for the most part. I mean, not like Cleveland Clinic versus you guys, but when it comes to being sick or injury, you know, it's the same everywhere. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm getting filet mignon here and a burger there. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. And, and that's my political rant. So. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for visiting. Um, answered lots of great questions. And then let me know, please, how I can help you with all this moving forward. Sounds great. great. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much, Eric.